Welcome, everybody. My name is Makal Nasrani, and this is Islam for Christians, episode 48, Hadith, Mecca before Jerusalem. This month's Hadith is from the Sahih al-Bukhari collection. This is Hadith 3366. I said, O Allah's Messenger, which mosque was built first on the surface of the earth? He said, Al-Masjid ul-Haram in Mecca. I said, which one was built next? He replied, the Mosque of Al-Aqsa in Jerusalem. I said, what was the period of construction between the two? He said, 40 years. He added, wherever you may be and the prayer time becomes due, perform the prayer there, for the best thing is to do so. Back in 2001, a long-running comic strip in the United States really kicked up some religious controversy. The comic in question was B.C., the letters B.C., and it's called B.C. because it takes place before, you know, before Christ in the time of cavemen. Uh, you know, B.C., at least in the West, for those who don't know, was it's kind of like an old-school historical term for before Christ, what happened a long time ago. Um, for example, you know, right now we're in the year 2022 AD, you know, year of our Lord. I forget what this in Latin, I think it's Annus Domini. Um, but BC was the opposite of that. That's before Christ. Now the modern monikers, BCE, before common era, which is kind of dumb when you think about it. They just add a letter. It means exactly the same thing. But anyway, this comic strip takes place a long, long time ago. Um, the cartoon in question actually wasn't even about the prehistoric past. Normally, the cartoon would be about you know, a bunch of cavemen doing something or else. But this was not about that at all. In this case, it was Easter, and the author decided to make a religious statement. You know, if you want to see what I'm talking about, just, uh, you know, do a search on the internet for BC comic controversy and menorah. Menorah is spelled M-E-N-O-R-A-H. Uh, but here's what it showed. The cartoon showed a menorah. And a menorah is that multiple big candle holder that's used for Hanukkah you know, and other things, I think. So the candles are all lit. All these candles are lit. But one is extinguished every time one of these seven phrases from Jesus are shown. I'm not going to go over the phrases, but one of seven phrases are shown. Then the menorah turns into a cross, and it shows the empty tomb of Easter. You know, again, this was Easter. So the idea was that this was the birth of the Christian faith. Now, from one perspective... This is not remotely controversial. Judaism is morphing into Christianity from a certain point of view, showing the faith's Jewish roots. But from another perspective, it was erasing Judaism and replacing it with Christianity. Now, the author did not actually mean it in that way, the more offensive way. You know, at least that's what he said. I have no reason to think he was lying. But it was seen as very offensive by certain Jewish pressure groups. And, and then the pylon starts. And, you know, I, I understand why 
Jewish people would be sensitive to that. <laughs> but then, you know, many other people in the non-Jewish and even non-religious outrage industry just swooped in as well, seeing an opportunity for fundraising and a chance to advance whatever their little niche cause of the moment may be. Now, the author said this for the record. I regret if some people misunderstood the strip and it hurt their feelings, Hart added, Hart is the author. I abhor the so-called replacement theology, which is the theory that Christianity has replaced Judaism as the chosen because Jews do not accept Jesus as the Messiah, he said. This is a holy week for both Christians and Jews, and my intent, as always, was to pay tribute to both. Now, who knows? You know, it's not like you can really read someone's mind. I'm certainly not going to judge him, um, you know, either way. I, <laughs> I don't understand the, the impulse so many people, particularly in our modern era, have to do that. You know, instantly rendering judgment on strangers is a phenomenon I just still cannot comprehend, even as it becomes more and more and more popular. I mean, almost universal at this point, at least to the people who are online and unfortunate enough to be involved in social media. But this thing really stuck in the minds of people who are sensitive to what they see as a 2,000-year-old historical pattern that has created epic misery for Jewish people over the years. You know, they believe it's offensive to present Judaism as the old and Christianity as the new. And this continues and continues and continues. And it's not just Jews who see that pattern. Um, in, the, in the Christian faith, you know, plenty of Christians see it too. And some think it's an obvious pattern that might be unpleasant to Jewish pressure groups, but, you know, it's one that's based in reality. And we didn't create that reality. Now, this is more of a layman's view. Because you have a very hard time finding a Christian clergyman who actually puts it that way. You know, it's critical to remember that Jesus came to give the full meaning of the law rather than to abolish the law. And the church views Christianity as a continuance of Judaism rather than a replacement of it. Uh, here's something from the Catholic Catechism. The Old Testament is an indispensable part of sacred scripture. Its books are divinely inspired and retain a permanent value, for the Old Covenant has never been revoked. So, rather than extinguishing the old candles, the church is lighting new ones. But again, there's still a pattern here. That statement clarifies the status of the Old Covenant and the Old Testament. Christianity is the New Covenant. The Gospels are the New Testament. And this really has to get on the nerves of many Jewish people, but it's not really anyone's fault. You know, we humans just happen to live on a linear fourth dimensional world. You know, time moves forward, not backward. What comes later is newer. It just is. Okay, so we're very far in here and you have yet to hear anything about Muhammad or the Hadith mentioned at the beginning. But I think many of you can see where I'm going with this. The Hadith we're looking at here is about the Islamic modification of Jewish centrality. Sort of. You know, it, it's about modifying what is at the center of the holy world, at least in a geographic sense. 
because we're not talking about the more controversial topics of replacement theology or Islam and anti-Semitism. You know, at first glance, this is pretty tame compared to other topics. You know, we're just almost talking about places here. But it's part of a pattern of the Islamic tradition building directly on top of the Jewish tradition, literally in some cases. You know, I'm sure it's more than a bit irritating to many Jews that a mosque sits on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. It was literally built on top. And now, in this Hadith, the Muslims are also taking Jerusalem's status as the holiest of holy places, and also as the site of the first temple to the God of Abraham. And this really is just kind of in line with the history of the Islamic faith, the historical progression of the Islamic faith. Because the Muslims once turned to Jerusalem to pray, but eventually turned their direction, their Qibla, toward the Kaaba in Mecca. And this Hadith is just the next step in that. The Kaaba is holier than the Temple Mount. Mecca is holier than Jerusalem. And by extension, the Arabs have a more ancient connection to the God of Abraham than the Jews do. There is no equivalent of this kind of thing in Christianity. And one gigantic reason for that is there wasn't much of an ethnic component to Christianity. The main groups of early Christians were Jews and Greeks, and countless others were later added probably even at it at the time, but things tend to focus on the Jews and Greeks, not that they were the only ones. But at no point did any group suggest that the holy city was any place other than Jerusalem. You know, no one was going to say that Rome or Athens was holier than Jerusalem. But Muhammad had no such qualms, placing his people, the Arabs, at the very center of the holy universe. And by choosing Mecca, he wasn't just making the Arabs the center of the world. This made his tribe, the Quraysh, as keepers of the Kaaba, residents of the center of the holy universe. You think Mecca was important before? You ain't seen nothing yet. So, back to the actual cities. You know, funny enough, Mecca really would overtake Jerusalem and way quicker than Muhammad could have ever imagined. So in sort of this holy chronology that's being mentioned in the Hadith here, Mecca was first, 40 years before Jerusalem. Now, obviously, there's no reason to take anything literally here, especially when the number 40 is involved. You know, in the Quran or in the Bible, even in this case, the Hadith, uh, it's, it's just something about the number 40 that just screams uh, not a literal number. You know, that might be God's favorite number. But, you know, let's move out of the figurative world for a second here and into the temporal world and with another number, the number seven. Uh, this is also a biblically significant number. Because on earth, Islam conquered Jerusalem only seven years after it conquered Mecca. And that Arab triumph lasted 1,400 years, you know, and that conquest 
which gave Muslims much of the land in the Middle East, shifted the Christian power center to the west, towards Europe. And it also laid the foundation for the Arabs to be the dominant power in the region, and for Islam to be the dominant religion in the region. And obviously, Islam would become the dominant partner in the age-old Jewish-Arab relationship. You know, Mecca before Jerusalem, just as Muhammad said. And it was Islam that made all of this happen. It was Muhammad's influence that made all of this happen. Because without Muhammad, the Arabs are just like the ancient Germans. They would be seen as fierce barbarians from a culturally backward outpost that either can't be conquered or just isn't worth conquering. But with Islam, Mecca would quickly become the center of the world. The center of the world, just as it was, Muhammad tells us, in the beginning. Thank you, and I'll talk to you next time. Inshallah. Thank you for listening to Islam for Christians. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to keep this show ad-free, you can also visit my Patreon page and subscribe. I'm at patreon.com slash Islam for Christians. That's patreon.com slash Islam for Christians.